Are we recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We are recording this post-game Thursday, post the Pittsburgh Penguins versus Toronto Maple Leafs game. Half capacity at Scotiabank Arena. We haven't had that in a little while. Joined now by Josh and Jason, as always. How's it going? What up? What What up? up? Someone's battling something over there. No, I'm just reading Ben Sherratt's, some Ben Sherratt stats. Sorry, nice. I was distracted. Nice. Before we get into that, let's talk about today's presenting sponsor. Support for the Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Ladies, listen up. Manscaped, op- Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for you and your man's jewels. For any women out there who have come across a hairy bush, you're now in luck. Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, have just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yep, the 4.0. Make sure your man joins the 4 million men worldwide who already trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% 20% off. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R I N K R A T at manscaped.com. So, an update this week I got to use, I used the ear trimmer and I was really happy to do so because, you know, just looking at older kind of generations and seeing the, uh, situation that's going on in there in the ears it's kind of gross i'm not gonna lie even the nose hairs too yeah the kneelander haters have a lot of nose in here (laughs) that that age cohort yep so get yourself the ear trimmer the performance package that's what we got right now it's incredible oh my god makes grooming so much easier again i'm gonna keep pushing the ball deodorant it's i think the best best stuff i've ever used keeps it it keeps it nice and clean, not sweaty. If you're going to play hockey, if you're going on the ODR, you got a nice little breeze. Yeah. It's great. Exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, my girlfriend pointed out to me, like, a, an ear hair, an ear hair that I w- that was growing pretty long on me. And then now, ever since, I'm, I'm glad Manscaped sent us that uh, the ear trimmer there because it comes in handy so much. I'm not going to be looking like those guys you see at the gym with, uh, you know, they're tickling you with when they're standing six feet away with their, their ear hairs there. Anyways, let's get into it. Little Leafs versus Penguins. Not a playoff game, obviously. That was a garbage take. Do you want to, Should we start with that off the top? Well, that was the first game, so I don't see why not. I, I want to address something, yeah. A lot of people were calling that game against Calgary a playoff-type game, quote-unquote. Why? Because Calgary is big. They play hard, even though they have Johnny Goudreau up front. And they added Tyler Toffoli, hmm, another big, tough player. <laughs> you kidding me? Milan Lucic plays 13 minutes a game, doesn't he? Look that up if that's correct. Yeah, around there, for sure. Good Branson does not play a lot of time. Zadorov does not play a lot of time. Those are their depth players. But it's a playoff-type game. And the Leafs, they look tired. They didn't look good. Guess what? They also had 10 forwards for the majority of the game. Andre Kasha went out, and they already they were already only had nice English there, but they only had eleven forwards to start. You knock out Andre Kasha, you have ten forwards. 
I know some people that play men's league games with more forwards than that, and they're playing in an NHL game. No wonder the Leafs looked great up until it was one nothing. They were rolling. Mm-hmm. After that, I agree. They looked tired. They looked like garbage. I didn't particularly love Jack Campbell's game either. But guess what? You, you have ten forwards. Obviously, you're going to be tired. Yeah, that's that's one thing. I feel like the people who were kind of some people just actively look to hate on this team, and that's one thing that they just completely omitted from this. It's funny that the one game, literally the first game of the season, we were like, all right, let's roll 11-7. and seven. Let's try and accrue some cap for the deadline. I love the move, but I love how in, in the first 10 minutes, we lose a forward. What are the chances of that? What like Come on, what are the chances of it that? Was it was a clean hit. It was Yeah, it was a clean hit, whatever. Um, but An unfortunate hit. An exactly, unfortunate and result, he got, he got injured, but... But Cash is fine now, and, and he just had to leave the game. and that, that, That's okay. But, but again, like us going down 10, 10 and 7 with, what, 45 minutes left in the game? Like, that's just an awful situation to be in. So It's tough. It's tiring. Yeah. It's, like, I'm a goalie, so I don't have as much experience with it. But you, you guys know what it's like to play a men's league game shorthanded. Yeah, yeah. It's like an amalgamation of things, though, because, again, you're, you're, you, you have to play more. You're playing more more minutes, and you have less time to rest. I know it sounds silly, but like just those extra thirty seconds of rest that you're missing out on, that that adds up over time. So you could just see by the by the middle of the second period, the Leafs were just literally exhausted. They lost all their legs, and that's kind of when Calgary started piling on most of their goals. And then yep. the third period, they kind of got a second wind. Uh, Matthews, I, I think Matthews or Bunting had a bunting. nice goal. It was Bunting. That the Off first the line obviously looked nice. great again, like as Matthews always. Matthews almost scored a nice out of the air. Uh, oh, yeah. He smacked it, hit, hit the crossbar there. But, they, but they, They're a resilient bunch. You cannot like, give – you have to give the Leafs credit about that. They are a resilient bunch, and they showed that in a lot of games this year. Absolutely. And and one thing, like they, they, they had 57 uh, – like their course he was 57. They had 57 uh, the shots shot, like shot 50. attempts. Like – they, they were shooting Jacob the puck. Markstrom they, played well. They weren't, like, not doing anything. That's what I don't understand. It, it, I don't understand if the shots were, like, 20. Like, if they had 20 yeah. shots, like, in the Seattle game. But, like, they they, they almost they shot 57 shot attempts is a lot of shot attempts. Like, yeah. that's a lot. So, sometimes... They retire Markstrom, they got his, he got his money's worth that game. Yeah. But uh, I agree. They didn't look good, but it was, like, it was the, under the circumstances they were under, mm-hmm. you, you just on to the next one there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and also like let's not take anything away from Calgary either. They are they're a good team. Like they're they are a good team. And like again, uh, earlier in the year, they had played a lot of road. I mentioned this at mm-hmm. one point. They had less home games than the New York Islanders, who started like what, eighteen or whatever game amount of games on the road, and like they had a very good road record. And so that's why I I when I had that model up, it had them so high up because mm-hmm. their road record was so strong. And then they just need to carry that forward on at home, and it looks like they've been doing that, and they've been doing a great job. They're a good yeah. team. Yeah, they they look like they're gonna maybe with the way that Vegas is going with their injuries, they might be a shoe in to win their division. But oh, I don't know about a shoe in. I don't know about that. They have a ton of games in hand. That's why. But it'll be close for yeah. I think. But the the point is, so the original tweet that spurned kind of this whole thing was from Steve Dangle. Everyone knows Steve Dangle. He said, referring to the Flames game, and I quote. Was the game versus the Hurricanes a quote-unquote playoff game or just tight and fun? This, in all caps, is a playoff game, and it ain't going well. The problem I have with that tweet, there's a million things I have <laughs> a problem with that tweet. The absolute lack of understanding of, like, it's okay to lose a game in the NHL is beyond this market at this point. Like, 
Yep. Teams lose. You're going to lose probably 30 games this year. I'm just letting you yep. know right now. And some of them are going to be good games. Some of them are going to be bad games. But to single out this one performance and say, oh, this Leafs team isn't made for playoffs because they didn't beat this select team is just crazy to me. Yeah, like who, who are the playoff teams, quote unquote, then? So, like, they beat Pittsburgh tonight. Pittsburgh was first in their division. Doesn't count. We don't, we don't take that as a good win because they didn't play at the way Calgary played. But also, you know the Leafs already beat Calgary this year, right? So what does that mean? It'd be one, one in a series. Like I, I just, the fundamental backing of that tweet makes no sense at all. Also, e- even going a step further, how many teams in the East play a quote unquote physical style of game, physical, tight, low scoring playoff style, which teams, style. which teams in the East play like that? Not yeah. Carolina because Steve Dangle said that they don't, even though they do, but it doesn't count. Doesn't Not count. Carolina. Not Carolina. Not Pittsburgh. They play run and gun. Not uh, the Rangers for sure. Pittsburgh is very defensive. Well, not, not tonight. We scored four goals on them. Yep. Um, Do you guys see my point? Like, I, yeah. Stupid. Yeah. It's just I, I don't get it. If you just give you, if you just give the, like, I screenshotted one of his tweets and put it on the story and just said like this is trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like we're not Plain trying to simple. pick on the guy, but it's just if you give it like if you think about it for like a minute, it's like this just doesn't like what he's saying just doesn't make sense. No. And I, I know he tweeted afterwards that. Um, that he was going to, oh, like, I don't know why I go on Twitter and do this stuff. I, I have, like, a platform. I explained to him. I watched the video, and, like, his explanation is, is like, pretty – his tweet is his explanation. He just I, – I don't know if he has, like, PTSD from all the years, but, hey, buddy, all of us have watched these too. Like, we've been through it too. But, yeah, it's, I, think, I think you made a great point. Just don't, like, don't treat this one game as if, like, it's the 18-wheeler falling off a cliff, right? Like, like we mentioned at the beginning of the year when the Leafs were, what, 2-4-2? Two, and two? Mm-hmm. And we said, give it time. By November 19th, we, said, we even set a date. We said, this is the panic date. If you don't like their performance up until then, that's when you and, should start to panic. And then they went, like, 11-1 and one or something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, huh. like, also, it's okay to just enjoy the regular season games. Like, I get it. It's all about the playoffs. But, like, this is just this is a good team. Exactly. Like you think, I'm sorry. You think Tampa Bay Lightning defending Stanley Cup champions are hyped to play the Leafs in the first round of their defense? No, no. it's a terrible matchup for them. They be- the Leafs have beaten Tampa Bay this year yep. once or twice. Once, once, and then they lost once, and they lost once. Okay, like th- it's gonna this is a really good team. Yeah, and if you're gonna you're gonna act like the sky is falling from one loss in the regular season, it's like man, like well, why are you even watching the games at that point? It's not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And then no offense to Steve Dangle, I think everyone likes him. He's a Seems like a very nice a guy, guy that has yeah. a lot of good charitable efforts that he contributes to. He's a seems like a good guy. Like he then complained that people kind of went at him on Twitter. Like Leafs fans are the reason that he like has a job at Sportsnet <laughs> and stuff. You know, no, it's true. Is that is that an unfair take? Like, no, that's fair. That's because fair. people watch his videos like yeah. and agreed with a lot of stuff he said. So if you say something now that people disagree with with your two hundred thousand two hundred thousand follower platform you can't be like oh why are you it's my opinion you can't get mad well no they're allowed to get upset if you say something stupid it's my opinion i'm allowed to have an opinion and my opinion is that your opinion is shit exactly and Mm -hmm. i'm not ripping on steve dangle if you like to follow him i I used to follow him you thought he was a good follow for a long time i think there's nothing wrong with that but you have to understand that like that's not a voice for in my opinion that speaks for leafs nation i think that's that's going into like the wrong side of this fan base in my opinion yeah I mean, yeah, he's seems like nothing personal against him. I just thought, yeah, his that take was kind of trash from him. And a lot of people ripped on him for it, too. Yeah. yeah. He also said, so. I, didn't, I don't know. He said on his podcast that the Leafs might trade Jack Campbell, which was another 
Wait, and to be fair, the other guys on his podcast, Adam Wilde and yeah, Jesse, Jesse Blake, we're like, what, like, kind of ripping on him. Like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, that <laughs> makes no sense. And then he kind of backed off it. But like again, like these guys, what they say is not gospel. You don't have like, but it's just a nothing, weird take. Nothing that anyone says yeah. is gospel, unless it comes from Bob McKenzie. Oh, okay. And us, we're yeah. always right. <laughs> Everything we say is not up for discussion. Uh, but let's get into that Vancouver game. I, I was able to record this and watch it and watch some replay like i went pretty in depth in this game for this one right here there is a defenseman on vancouver that the Leafs are some i don't know one reporter in vancouver said that the Leafs are supposedly interested in and just the style of play that vancouver played i, I have some questions and such about it number one and this game and also the seattle game kind of brought this up do you think Tavares is too slow to play center for the Leafs in the playoffs if they're going to go on a deep run? No. No. You don't? I don't think I so. Don't. I think there's a lot slower centers yes. on a lot of good teams. Then how do you shore up his defensive game? It might just not be that good yeah. this year. And you're just going to run with that in the playoffs? Correct. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was expecting something else. Like no, I, I think – and I think – Sorry. I think it's, no, you go, you go. I, I think – it's not just him. Like, William Elander's defensive mm-hmm. game is... Mm-hmm. Last 10 games, no offense. Piss poor. Yeah. Lazy, bad. Sorry. Like, bad. Yeah. Even tonight. I was pointing out some plays to Jason that are just, like, bad. But wow. okay. it's okay. If they generate offense, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't think you expect that line to be good defensively at this point because they've no. been really bad defensively. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I've We've talked about the second line a bit on this podcast earlier in previous episodes that like they haven't been like at least since J- January's come, they haven't been that good. They were really dominant to start the season, but yeah, they, they seem to be giving up a lot more than they're getting now, especially. And that's not just in regular goals, but in expected goals as well. So, well, those guys have are minus players right now on the Leafs. That's pretty hard to do. Yeah. Like, especially a point per game. Yeah. I know. Wow. I didn't, I didn't actually, yeah, I guess I saw that before. I didn't clue into that. And again, they're like obviously fantastic on the power play, and they're helping our power play out a lot. And we're oh, not yeah. taking anything away from their games, but at five on five, it'd be nice if we can get a little bit more. But I don't think that it's a problem. I don't think it's that that okay. like that. John Tavares can't play center in the playoffs. I, I don't think that it's that big of a a problem. Me neither. But what do you think? I think I was maybe I'm focusing more on micro details here, mm-hmm. but I'm just thinking you move him to the wing, you somehow like just pie in the sky, get a faster center, it's going to help that line a ton. Nothing, this is not a, a discount to Alex Kerfoot, who he's, he had a couple great chances tonight. He scored against Seattle. Like, he's been very good. But it's just the defensive results from that line this year have just been horrendous. Like, their overall results now are just teetering into... Not teetering. They are horrendous. They're be, they've been terrible, and there's so many instances of just that I've seen in the neutral zone or getting back or in the defensive zone where John Tavares is unable to. He he knows who his man is, but he's unable to keep up to them. And it was it was against teams like Vancouver, or like it was a, a couple instances I saw against Detroit. Um, well, the one against Seattle. I mean, that's kind of just a shitty play, but he seemed like. Seemed to be a little late. I guess he wasn't expecting the puck to hit the ref like that on the first goal there. Seemed like a late reaction. There's a couple things going on there, though, so I give him a semi-pass on that. But just like a few too many plays where I'm just like, 
hmm, like wish you could, I don't know, light a firecracker in his pants or something, make him move a little bit faster. But I don't know. How do you, like going into playoffs, I, I wouldn't be overly comfortable if our second line is still playing like this. And it's something we mentioned last week or I think even possibly the week before, right? Yeah. I yeah. I think they've been straight up bad at five on five for a couple of weeks now. We've been, like you said, yeah. we mentioned a couple of times, but I think you give them time to bounce back. But mm-hmm. the numbers are getting kind of to atrocious territory. Uh, Nylander and Taveras are both in the bottom 50 in terms of evolving Wilds defensive metrics, like in the whole league. Mm-hmm. So that's bad. Top like 70 or 80% in offense. So. Yeah, absolutely. So then that's there's what where kind of my point comes in from before is that I guess you at this point you can kind of just ignore the defense part and just hope that they chip in more offense than what they're giving up on defense, which they have been, to be fair, for the most part this season. Yeah. Well, I guess tonight everyone kind of got caved in in terms of expected goals at five on five. They gave up a ton of shots, but they won. So that yeah. was the positive there. Uh, just a quick, I just did a quick little search on just John Tavares and William Nylander as of January 14th. And they're averaging like around three expected goals against per 60. And whereas like throughout, if you do it through the whole season, it's about two and a half. So they're clearly giving up a lot, a lot. It's not just what we see. Like, again, the expected numbers do back this up. Um, they're giving up a lot more on, on, on defense, on defense in the past couple weeks. But one thing I want to point out though, is that they're on a safe percentage. Or, yeah, on ice save percentage has been terrible over that stretch too. It's been seventy nine point six nine. It's also because of their defense exactly. So you don't you can see it with your eyeballs exactly. So it's it could right. it's like probably a little bit of both, but yeah. Hopefully with a little bit of luck though, we can see it get lifted. Go but, the other way. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, how much more time do you give it though? I don't the know. whole season. Whole I mean, season, there's yeah. not really Joe. No offense. There's no other choice to, for your yeah. second line center. What's the other choice? That's are you thinking Claude Giroux? I don't know, or maybe like move someone on the wing, like. like the I only thing I would see is you put William Nylander at center. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't love or, that. Or he Alex Kerfoot, Kerf- yeah. but Kerfoot, like, yeah. Maybe you try that. I mean, why not? I would, I would more want Kerfoot at center versus versus mm-hmm. Nylander, uh, just because. I mean, we saw last year in the playoffs the results of Kerfoot at center, Nylander on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you try that. Another possibility i thought that like maybe it's just i'm going way too far on the other side is pierre engvall instead of no, alex kerfoot no, no, no. just a foot speed there would really help them no no i think you're giving up way too much offense putting pierre okay, engvall yeah. up there. that's yeah. what i, I and i'm not trying to disrespect engvall but like offensively stinks you're giving up way yeah. too much i'd rather just be okay. slightly worse def- defensively and just still be that powerhouse offensively yeah, I, I think I, I think it makes sense though too but right? i i think your you, your main point makes a ton of sense because Tavares's foot speed also makes it a little harder for them to generate a lot of speed in their mm-hmm. exits as well and yeah. you see they're getting stuck in their own zone a lot yeah and i was saying yeah. this to jason as well that's why i think they should line match this line way more offensively this should be almost an offensive zone only line yeah I don't hate that. And games like tonight against Crosby, yeah. you can match Matthews against Crosby. You can match Comp against Malkin, and you can like let this line run free, kind of. Mm-hmm. But then again, you're taking valuable shifts away from the first line. So it's a valid question. I have not seen anybody on Lee's Twitter talk about this, which is interesting because yeah. this line has been terrible. I don't yeah. like. I don't know how this isn't being talked about. Yeah. Because it's William Nylander, but, but it's not only him. To, it's Tavares too. Of- to, to be fair, like they're they're 
points are being propped up by their power play performance, which is good. Like, again, I want to make this clear. They are doing fantastic on the power play still, right? But if you even if you go through game yeah. by game and just look at points in general, they're, they're, even though they're getting, like, a lot of power play points, they're still not generating that many points, right? Like, they're not... Uh, they're in a bit of a slump, I guess it's fair to say. So, but, Yeah, I guess yeah. so. It was just something I targeted, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, is causing a lot of issues. How do you fix it? And I guess maybe I wasn't looking enough at the positives for it. Yeah, but. I, and I wonder if like a way to fix that is just being like, by instead of just be like, I feel like our first line does this a bit where, and I remember I watching Tampa when I was younger with St. Louis and Stamkos. Like St. Louis would play more of a center centering position than Stamkos. Maybe that's kind of the well, yeah, solution. That's what, where, that's what Mark Stone was doing with Chandler mm-hmm. Stevenson. Yeah. yeah, so maybe like that's why like, I think maybe Nylander can drive play through the ice, but. Again, like, I don't. Change. I don't think Nylander can play defensively as in the middle of the ice. No, I know. I, I was. No. I was thinking more Kerfoot in that sense. Maybe but, Kerfoot then. But Maybe. Um, yeah, no. I. I. I think this second line really. We do struggle when they're on the ice in our own zone, and it does, especially in the last couple of games. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll come back. I think. I think it's a great conversation to yeah. start, though. Like, yeah, because it sounds crazy. Like, oh, Tavares. You know he's not quick enough, but he, you could clearly see that's the the deficit in his game right now is yeah. his foot speed. Yeah. But you think of some guys have been able to. I think of Ryan Getzlaff. He's like I don't know five six years older, and he's still playing at a decently high level. Like yeah. I think there's ways you can compensate that, mm-hmm. and maybe we got to think of ways that they can hide that deficiency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, like, because I think there maybe a philosophical change in, or like a strategic change in that line is needed. Yeah, yeah. maybe. It's it's interesting because they were playing well. They're playing for, fantastic for the first I don't know half of the year so yeah, far. I guess they were yeah. like yeah. I think it's always been a lot of activity, but mm-hmm. it's they were positive, right? And then injuries happening, line shuffling, and all that garbage. But um, yeah, it, it is something to keep an eye on and definitely target as a as a place to improve. Yeah, right. Um, I, I kind of want to transition this into like, I was going to say this more for like a stat surfing thing, but like the, remember that the Excel spreadsheet I brought up to you guys, I was, it was kind of getting into this and how the second lines affect on our defensemen. And specifically, I just was looking at Justin Hall because again, there's been a lot of talk about Justin Hall being in the top four. Does he fit? Does he not fit? A lot of people are leaning towards that, but with Justin Hall, John Tavares and William Nylander on the ice, I, I, I should add Kerfoot to this, but, um, the expected goals against are 2.92 without John Tavares and without Willie Nylander, Justin Hall's expected goals against are 1.58 per 60. Wow. It's a significant decrease. And that, that's again, a massive decrease. That, that's go beyond significant. That's an insane. So decrease. wait, when Justin Hall is on the ice, you're saying it's better defensive on ice results. Yes. Then, uh, then when he's on the ice with Nylander Tavares. Yes. Yes. And that, that, sorry, I, I messed this up because I just, I was on natural statric. That was only for the last 10 games. Yeah. But again, like over, over time, the numbers are still very similar to that. And I, again, like we, like, I think that has a little bit to do with how Justin Hall does not succeed very well with getting the puck out. And maybe like, maybe it's from the second line, not supporting him enough. I don't know what them getting hemmed up one play leading to another. I don't know, but the the numbers just with Justin Hall and this line have not been looking good, but when he's away from them, he hasn't been that bad. So, a lot, of, a lot. I think a lot of what people are attributing to Justin Hall 
could potentially so be something to take to. a look at. I mean, yeah. it could be something about competition that's mm-hmm. on the ice when that happens. For sure, yeah. It could be who's his D partner on the ice when that happens. It could be situational, right? Absolutely. So I th- but I think that is definitely something to take a look at and keep an eye on, for mm-hmm. sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, it did sound like Sheldon Keefe in the post-game press conference um, was going is going to actively keep Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin away from each other because it just hasn't been good enough this year, right? Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts, though, right? What do you think? You think that he'll keep it up like that? I don't know. I mean, he had the opportunity to have them together. He tried to keep them away in Seattle. I guess it's it's a little bit of mix and matches. That's what he's mm-hmm. trying to do right now. Yeah, I, yeah, sorry to cut you off. I think that's like we're just doing this to see what we really have before we – actually make an acquisition if we do make an acquisition yeah. for a defenseman to see if we maybe can get away with putting Sandin on that second line or D- Lilligan how on do that you think he looked line. tonight in that role Sandin yeah I thought he was not not good not bad but that the, I don't know something's up with Muzzin still like his game has not been where it usually is still no I don't want to see those guys struggle because the game was already like kind of out of hand in the mm-hmm. third yeah. but they didn't yeah. have the best showing I saw the goal yep. the one goal that was scored was Somehow they were both out of position on the same play, which, again, if the puck doesn't go in, we don't think about it. And Marner got a tick on the puck, and it went out. And then I think Bunting also tried to hit it out, and then it ended up back in front of the net. Yeah, I didn't love the, the forward's positioning on that well, play. Well, to be fair, they shouldn't be but, in that position. It's yeah. Like, and also, if you get a tick on the puck as a forward in the slot, and then the puck comes back and your defensemen are still not somehow not in the slot covering, oh, yeah. that's just like that was just really bad positioning. Yeah, by the that makes sense. So... Stuff like that wasn't great, but I, I think that line, that pairing could end up being good. I wonder, moving Sandy in left and right, is that the best option? I mean, like putting him on the right side? Yeah, left side, right side. Like having him on that right side, I mean, that could shore up that issue that's been mm-hmm. pressing, but is he going to be good enough no, by the end? I, they, don't want, yeah. I, they don't want him there. I'm t- like, no. No. If this is the same decor in the playoffs, I would. Bet money that it would Hall. be Hall mm-hmm. instead of Sandin on yeah. that. What do you? Yeah. How confident are you in that? I'm not unconfident. I think Justin Hall at this point has just settled in as like a very average NHL defenseman, like a four or five. Like that's yeah. what he's not great. He's not bad. I think a lot of like Jason yeah. said, a lot of his negatives are being a little overblown. You look at do a little bit of a deeper dive into the numbers. He hasn't been that bad. It's just the problem is him and Muzzin have been prone to like massive errors and like big yes. net net negative plays. Yeah. which are easy to remember. It's like Jake Gardner. Like mm-hmm. Jake yeah. Gardner's numbers are always good, but you remember the 10 times a season he'd make boneheaded errors, yeah. right? Sheldon Keefe did have an interesting quote about them. He was like, it's not always about like the first mistake. I find that mm-hmm. it's always ending up as a second mistake and then a third mistake, and then that's when you get into deep trouble in our own end. That's what he was talking about with Hall and Muzzin. Um, he was like, even, even it was the Seattle first goal, he said before that, puck was sent back and hit the ref he was like there were several mistakes made in our mm-hmm. own end that prevented right. the puck from getting out so he brought that to light which i i thought was interesting but like i like sandine i think it i think he eventually will be in the top four obviously on this team but the absolute ineffectiveness he has in terms of defending the rush will i, I would not feel confident with him in the top four against mm-hmm. any of the other seven eastern conference playoffs teams Ooh, yeah that's true I mean, I kind of agree, and the numbers speak for themselves there. Yeah, with for it, like there's nothing else to be said there. But and yeah, transitioning the puck up the ice, he's making pay, plays, he's passing great. is incredible. 
power play quarterbacking is is awesome as well. That's why. Like, he's a perfect third-pairing guy in the playoffs. Like, he'll be fantastic. He'll be one of the better yeah. guys in the league in that role. And I think that's a great spot for him now. And eventually, and we'll see what happens at the deadline in terms of two right D, that position. It's, yeah. it's very interesting. Any other thoughts on tonight's game? Uh, they played pretty well. The first line right now is the best line in the league. Um, ha- far. I had a little stat surfing from Dom Lecision. I'll just paraphrase it. Essentially, since January 1st, so the last, whatever that is, 47 days, the best two players in the league, according to his game score, is Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And they're both almost the exact same number. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like there's not much else to say. Like, do you I know think, pe- how hard do you think Bunting's agent is kicking himself that he gave? He the signed two, for that second it never year. made sense. It was a weird deal, but we were happy about it. Oh, like yeah. you, that one move by Kyle Dubas is like worth, I don't know if it's worth Nick Foligno trade, but it's like, it's worth the Richie signing for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like it's not even close. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. That and the Kasha and Kampf. Yeah. And Kampf. Is making it's up crazy. for Richie by seven a lot. seven goals by the way this year insane yeah I, th- I think he has Jason before, when comp before. score Jason goes is he gonna get fifteen goals this year <laughs> he has he has sixteen fifteen yeah, it's uh, what is it game forty five and he has seven yeah and he has seven maybe it's ten doable. he might get ten little little shooting percentage bump and goes on a little hot streak where he scores three games in a row Oof. I want to find so I want to find a a quote mm-hmm. that was. Uh, I saw on Twitter. Oh, there we are. I found it. So for Kevin McGrand said, um, this is the full quote, this full tweet. It's hockey. It's nice to get out and play from Nick Ritchie. He didn't say much else. Clearly unhappy. And yeah, after he, he scored that goal, he looked no, he, very His unhappy. body language is not great mm-hmm. for a guy who's like looking to get back in the league. Like it's a bit disappointing, I would say. And a lot of the tweets in response to that kind of, they kind of were ripping on Ritchie, but a lot of the stuff that was being said was pretty true. Like, there's nobody to blame for Nick Ritchie's demotion other than Nick Ritchie, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And I get he's probably upset. I, I do feel bad for him a bit. Like, but he got 10 games run with Matthews and Marner. Like, that's, and he no, did that's nothing. Look what Bunting's doing with that. Bunting's yeah. going to make $5 million in two years. <laughs> he is. Don't laugh. He 100% mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Well, five by Even five Kosh. Kosh played seven. without Marner. He played with Bunting, and mm-hmm. he looked fantastic. In and just role. the two games that he did that. Like, yeah. better than Richie ever looked with yeah. Matthews. Yeah. So. Kosh looked better offensively than Richie's ever looked when he was with, when he's been buried with defensively David with David yeah. Camp. That's a great like, point. Yeah. I don't know. Like Nick Ritchie just needs to figure it out. He could never figure out. I don't know. Like, are the guys on the team bullying you and not passing you the puck? Like, th- it's crazy hearing that. I mean, you understand it. Like, you come back home, signed in Toronto, decent deal. What two point two five or two point five for for two years, and then like you're supposed to play with Matthews and Marner, and now you're with the Marlies. Like, just a, a fall from the top. I want to say. For that it's unfortunate but it's like okay now you gotta you gotta work what are you gonna do do you think that? he gets traded uh they're working really hard they said on saturday to get him traded but it's like who wants him and are how much are the leafs willing to give up to I, get I him don't out think they should give anything i i agree i don't think they should give anything at all if they if they have to give i just wouldn't even deal them because i think i agree i think i think a deal will come around in the off season that will like a team will be willing to give for him you know and not not, I, I think if we're having to give to get Nick, Nick get rid of Nick Ritchie, sorry, uh, I think that's a mistake, honestly. But yeah, it de- again, it depends. But also, like if the Leafs do make a, a 
like a not a splash, but if they make a move at the deadline, chances are, if moving Nick Ritchie is what make makes that trade work capitalized, the other team will just take him. I think because again, like he's not that bad of a player. You're and saying I, if the Leafs are already giving proper exa- comments. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So like if what whatever the just trade would be. But, yeah. Like like, Pitt, like like his contract's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's only two and a half million Make dollars. One trade, get one free Nick Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe that team rehabs him and flips him at the deadline. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's and the hope. Because he's got that extra year left, right? Yeah. Because that's pretty much what Calgary did with Pitlick. Pitlick wasn't like a, a piece in the trade. He was just okay, we need to somehow match salaries. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So um yeah, we'll get into that trade later. I think yeah. it was fantastic. But also, hey, if the Leafs run into another playoff team like Calgary, maybe we could use yeah. Nick Ritchie. <laughs> Has he fought? Did he fight at all this year? No, that was the other games? thing about like, Nick Ritchie I saw people complain about is like he was not nearly as intimidating as a 6'3", 30, 40, 50, whatever he was player. No. He seemed soft at times, yeah. Yeah. especially in the beginning of the year. He looked very timid. It was in the preseason. He was an all-star. He scored a goal a game. He got into a fight like... I think he fought Ben Sherratt. We'll yeah. get into later, right? And it was like, oh wow, I'm ready for Nick Ritchie, and then, womp womp womp. Yeah, it it sucks because like, man, if Ritchie was good, imagine Kyle Dubas's off season. Like, it would be four for. <laughs> if you four look at four. it, he essentially hit like a, whole, a bunting is an absolute grand slam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kasha is like a like a I call it a home triple, run. Yeah, comp or a triple. Caution and comp for like extra matter. base hits. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick Ritchie's like 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Golden Sombrero. Like as bad as it could be. But you can't get them all. That's, that's, it is what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, what have I got here? In terms of the Vancouver game, just wanted to go back to that real quick. Mm-hmm. Did that give you Montreal series vibes at all? Are you doing the Steve Dangle thing now? I don't know. I just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know, Jason. No, like I, I don't know. I, I like I know it's one game. I yeah. realize this. It's one game. The Leafs ma- massively outshot Vancouver. They separated themselves from Vancouver in the second period and played far better than they did. They missed opportunities. T.J. Brody hit the inside of the post. William Nylander was unable to get a shot off on the breakaway questionable hook or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. John Tavares was called on a kind of a phantom penalty with two, mi- two minutes and change left in the game in which the Leafs had their net pulled and at 5-on-5 five five were dominating the Canucks at late in the game there. Uh, they had their chances. Like, Matthews, the Matthews line looked fantastic, although the, like, the real estate in front of the net for Vancouver was tough to come by, but they were still getting chances in front. Um there was one whiffed play. Yeah, Marner whiffed on a pretty good chance there uh, in the third period as well, mm-hmm. mid-third. Like, they got their chances. The pucks didn't bounce their way. But, like, I don't know. Like, all of it just gave me flashbacks in the Montreal series for some stupid reason. I mean, I get I get it because... Yeah. Because that's what happened yeah, in the like Montreal we, you, series. We, like, it's because it's not even like we felt ah. like we dominated. We did dominate. Like we did. There were games where we were dominating and we ended up losing. Right. Like, and we did. We dominated the Vancouver Canucks that game. Like we were absolutely outchancing them. Thatcher Demko yeah. is a fan, fantastic and he's a good goal. Goal. Yeah, and we got goalied, and that's fine. But I, I see what you're saying in the sense that like it's the vibes. Were yeah, yeah, similar. But it was frustrating. The most important part is that the next two games afterwards, the well, response to it. And uh, it was, yeah. Beat the wheels off the the next two opponents. The thing is, I think, like, when you look at regular season versus, like, playoffs, 
and just try to get a gauge of how good a team is. How many games have the Leafs been like just absolutely out of where they just played terrible? I can uh, probably Pittsburgh count on one hand. Seven maybe. two game. Uh, the Pittsburgh game. And that one uh, Chicago the game. Calgary that they end up game halfway through. Uh, the Sh- what are you saying? The, the Chicago early... game. They won in overtime. Yeah. But not. But they won that game. Like, yeah, I guess. But I don't think they got smoked in that game. You think they got smoked? In the first, just, in the first period and a half, or whatever, they won yeah. the expected goals battle in that game. I'm looking right now. In the first period and a half, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, I understand. The, here are the games I'm looking at where they got actually dominated by expected goals. Okay, so the, like you said, that Pittsburgh game and the Carolina game after, where that was like sky is falling, yeah. things are getting bad. And then other than that, that sleepy LA Monday night game. Remember we talked about that yes, a lot. Yes, um, the trap game. There was another Pittsburgh game. They lost two nothing, where they were just never in the game. And oh, then. Yeah, that was- it was just a boring game. And then that's mm. it in terms of games. Other than that, yeah. some games they lost, it's like we're talking like 45% expected goals. The so, Tampa game, they got some – They Tampa looked. Tampa yeah. finished very well in that game, I remember. That was the other one. It would be Tampa. So, Tampa. like you said, like, sure, maybe it feels like the Leafs got goalied against Vancouver, but overall the total picture of the season shows yeah. things are going to happen like that. It just mm-hmm. evens out. I think that Montreal okay. series is a little different because – those games that they lost, it was not like the Leafs like against Vancouver. The Leafs absolutely smoked them, right? They they beat they they should have won that game. Yeah, they beat the wheels off them. Yeah. All right, what I remember about the Montreal series is the three games that the Leafs smoked them, they won. The four games that were close-ish, expected goals, shots, they lost all four of those games. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, that's the difference. Okay. You know what I mean? That makes sense. I'm probably thinking more so. Of I understand like, what you're saying, though, because it feels like we have to puck more. We're generating. Playing against bigger defensemen. Exactly. Playing against a good goalie. But there was no game against Montreal where we had four expected goals to their one and, and lost. That never happened. Yeah. Like, okay. It was very 50-50. Yeah. That's reassuring. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Mainly because I'm, I'm maybe think, I'm, my but, brain is probably skipping the parts where they went down 3 nothing and then they went down 2 nothing and then yeah. they had to, to grind to get back. Exactly. So. Yeah. That's probably and then I'm just and then the overtimes are oh probably gosh, accentuated yeah. in there as well. That that one ten minute stretch that was just literal domination. Exactly. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so that's probably that, but... what uh, what did that. I'm back. I'm back on the train. But, but those are the frustrating losses when yeah. you're like they should have for sure won that. Like they that got... loss to Arizona. Remember? Oh god. Karel <laughs> Vamelka smoking though. But what goes around comes around. The Leafs. Ran into a hot goalie on Saturday. And what happened for them tonight? Tonight? Jack Campbell was a rock star tonight. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, th- there was like one player on the Leafs tonight that was over 50% expected goals. Uh, I don't have the game up. But Jack Campbell was awesome. Yeah. little less of – and what did we mention? Where does Jack Campbell really excel? When he, it's one-on-one him versus the shooter. He cuts off the angle fantastically. There was no, re- there was only the one rebound, which was like a double rebound on the goal. There, it wasn't his fault at all. But he was fantastic tonight, and he was a, a big reason the Leafs were able to hold that lead. Yeah, absolutely. I think hopefully he gets back into the swing of things. Elliot Friedman like made a great point at first intermission. I don't know if you guys heard it, no. where he said. That COVID break really hurt Jack Campbell because he was yeah. in such a good rhythm before that. that makes sense. And as we've seen, he's come back not really the same for a multitude of reasons. We've talked about the types of chances that the Leafs are giving up now compared to then. Um, but uh, this is a really good 
bounce. I don't want to call it a bounce back game, but it was a Seattle. He made some saves against Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. I thought you were talking about that one, talking about getting goalie because Seattle's goalies are unbelievably bad. No, yeah, it wasn't. No, not at all. Not even close. Yeah, but (laughs) like that Seattle game though, like the Leafs didn't. The Leafs didn't play as well as they did against Vancouver numbers wise, but they smoked them. Yeah, it's difference in goaltending. Goaltending makes a big difference in this league, right? Yeah, against Seattle, I found. I mean, special I mean, teams. Have, yeah, yeah, special teams. I'm seeing a couple power That penalty kill goal by Mitch Marner was just, oh, oh my God. Or, sorry, it was David Kamp's goal. David Noted Kamp. goal scorer. David Kamp. Another shorty for David Kamp. That's two games in a row two with a shorty. I didn't unreal. even realize that. Yeah. That was no, unreal. T- was tonight's cool. a shorty? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that it was, was. Yeah, from yeah. Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley unreal. off the rush on a PK. We got to say, also, I'm going to take an L on Morgan Riley so far this year because... He's played way better than I've described him as a player. So, Jason. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, I agree. But again, like I, you can be critical of Morgan Riley's yeah. future contract like lot- that has not yet kicked in, and still say that yeah. he's having a good year this year. Well, I think he's also having even a better year than we expected. Uh, way I agree. better. Yes. Way yeah. better than we expected. Even Alex Kerfoot. And I feel like mm-hmm. with Alex Kerfoot, like this is one thing I wanted to put out there really heavily. I was thinking about today when you look at a lot of players that m- make strong strides in their game or big developments, something kind of happens in their career where it's like a a switch is turned on and it's, I don't know, something happens and the summer training makes a a change and they just really go all in and as the trajectory goes up. I hope that those cliche bullshit. Light bulb. Light bulb moment. Yeah, exactly. Like when you look at Tyler Sagan, if he stayed in Boston, do you think he would have been as good as he is now? No. I personally do not. It was a shot in the balls for him. Some smooth balls from a shut up, <laughs> I th- It was a shot in the balls for him. Like it was his first disappointment, it was his first trade in his career, and as a result, he really started hitting the gym. He started playing a lot better. He was, he came out with vengeance. I think that this summer with the expansion draft, if there was no expansion draft, you do not see an Alex Kerfoot like we have right now. That's a good point. I think that expansion draft was a kick, a swift kick in the dick for him. Having to see that video come out of Alexander Kerfoot and everyone projecting, I want Alex Kerfoot out of town. I want Alex Kerfoot's cap off our books. He looks a lot better this year. And I think that expansion draft was really... And, I mean, even Morgan Riley, like, he, his game looks a lot different. I don't know if it's because he's working on different things or whatever. His game looks different. It looks a lot better. A big thing for him, I send it to you guys. We'll do another stat surfing now is... He's getting his shot through. So uh, we're talking about attempted shots versus shots that actually are on goal, right? 58% of his shots are, are on net this year. 58% of his shot attempts are through. He's never been above 50% in any season of yeah. his career before. That's a great example of a couple extra assists for him. He's scoring at a better rate this year already. You saw his goal tonight. And that's helped on the power play as well because he's actually becoming a decent shot threat because instead of his shots going into guys shin pads all the time a lot more of them are getting through that's an example of a very clear change in his game that he's made for whatever he's been working on there's a video today of him doing it actually with Haley Wickenizer so like like you said you got to give him credit for these things it's a very very impressive improvement he's really leaning on that stick that goal tonight he leaned I mean on that one we talked about that one year he scored 20 goals and we said oh how did how did Morgan How Riley ever score 20 Morgan goals? Riley score 20 Looks like goals. he might get 10 this year. You know. We'll I think, it. is he at 20 now since 
like combined the season since his 20 goal season. Is he at 20 combined yet? He's at 14. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. He the rest of 20. his career, he's at 44 versus the 20 that year. <laughs> Shooting percentage. <clears throat> that was that was yeah. insane. But he scored some be- like it's it's not he's not scoring like oh screen the goalie didn't see it at all. He has scored some beauties this year. Mm-hmm. Think about the one with against Buffalo. Think about the oh, one yeah. against the Rangers. Think about the one tonight like oh my god. They're just he's ripping them bar down. Also, uh, we're flip flopping subjects here, but oh, yeah. power play goal, right? Talks about comp, shorthanded goal. I'm, special. Teams. We gotta give some flowers to the special teams. Well, Spencer Carberry S- and Spencer Dean Carberry, Chinwith. and thank you. Exactly, these guys have and come David in. Kampf, Obviously, that's the no, no, that's the big adjustment. I think, I think those assistant coaches deserve a lot of credit. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Because last year. It was not good. It was not good, and it felt like a little bit of stubbornness, maybe not changing the power play, not changing some things. Mm-hmm. And man, they're they're on fire this year. So it's, I'm really happy. It's like an auto goal almost. <laughs> it is on the PK too. Yeah. No, their PK is at a level right now where the, they, first of all, opposing power plays are struggling to even gain the zone no, on them. Can't. And when they do, they're fumbling the puck. They're t- causing turnovers, and it's all four of the guys on. the Five guys. It's, it's every guy that's on. Spets is doing good things. Like yeah. Mitch Marner looks like an offensive wizard. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> Four on five. It's crazy. Even Mc, Ilya Mikheyev is like, oh, yeah. he's all over it. Yeah. Like that. That's one. We've been winning the special teams game. Like, dominating. Dominating the special teams game almost every night. Like, I don't know how Vancouver got that. They got one lucky goal. It was like, it was a tip hit saved by Mrazic, rebound off of Besser's head and in. After that, they didn't gain this, the, the line yeah. for more than 10 seconds. No, it's been fantastic. So, yeah, they, it's been exciting. I hope we take more penalties. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> been don- dominating that. Um, what were we even talking about before? Um, we were just, grooving. We were grooving. Uh, we're grooving. Let's do, you want to do some of these questions? Or you want yeah, do some let's hop into league? the questions. So we asked on, on Instagram, on the story there, uh, what people wanted to hear some topics, some questions that people had, and boy, did everyone ever deliver. I think there some of this some... will segue into some around the league, some trade stuff too, I assume. Oh, 100%. So let me pull it up because it obviously went away because I'm an idiot. All right. Let's get into the first one. Robbie Mora, do you think goaltending will hurt the Leafs in the postseason? This came. This This question was before tonight. Yeah, and I think it's probably a topical question because Jack Campbell is struggling. Mrazek's been better, but not great. Yeah. To a point where I actually saw some people on Twitter saying, you know, if this continues, let's roll Mrazek and we'll see what happens mm-hmm. in the playoffs, which was a bit of an overreaction to me. But I don't think it's an unfair question at all. We'll see. I liked how Campbell played in the playoffs last year. I've yeah. seen some people look back on it with, with a different opinion. I get it because that five-hole goal he gave up in Game 7 was, was pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. But... I think overall he played pretty well. So I'm not concerned yeah. for, with the Leafs goaltending. I agree with that. I'm not as concerned either. And I think both are capable go- like starting goalies in the NHL. And just look at what Pittsburgh did and, and even Vegas a bit. I know they didn't win a cup, but they were able to – they they also had better, maybe better goalies. But yeah. going in with two capable starters is never, yeah. never a bad thing, I think. Uh, and it could be much worse, and I think – um, Watching how yeah. uh, Jack Campbell has played against some strong competition this year, I, I'm I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. in Jack Campbell. Yeah. Also, also, the other factor is like, for example, Tristan Jari. He's had a fantastic year. He was terrible in the playoffs last year. He was so bad. He was unbelievably bad. Right? 
Like, year to year, like Bobrovsky, like he was so bad last year. He's been really good this year. You're probably yeah, no, he was very good in game one. Yeah. And then after that, he, he couldn't stop a beach ball. I think there's always variance with goalies. So unless you mm-hmm. have Vasilevsky, are you like a thousand percent confident in your playoff goaltending? Probably not. Unless you had Vasilevsky or, H- Henrik or Lundqvist or like Tuka Rask. Like, it's hard. It takes a lot to see guys have sustained yeah. success as a goalie in the playoffs. And usually those guys end up in the Hall of Fame. Like even a guy like Marc Andre Fleury, he's had an up and down playoff career. We know oh, that. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I, as of now, I'm not concerned. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. F- fair, fair, but not concerned. I, I think, I think definitely if Campbell, like, let's say this game's an anomaly and he mm-hmm. continues to struggle and Mrazek starts to play well and then a conversation happens, then maybe you're like, oh no, if you have two goalies, do you have none? Kind of thing. But I think they're good right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, this was a funny one. Uh, it was Adam. Uh, He's a Vancouver Canucks fan. He said, you'll never get JT, you son of a bitch, because I got Jason to post that hypothetical trade. Obviously, a lot of Leafs fans said the Leafs would say no with it, which means I think it could happen. And that's why I, <laughs> I was I was like, hmm, that's a lot. Maybe take out Connor Garland from yeah. that, like a couple prospects here and there. But, like, I liked it. I mean, Let's, thought it was interesting. What, what was the trade again? Sorry. I don't even have so it. it. was it was a big galaxy brain trade. I was just, whatever, thinking about it one night. It was JT Miller, Luke Shannon, Connor Garland. Because, again, it was just that thing that Freeman said on 30, 32 Thoughts, or maybe it was an intermission a couple of weeks ago, that uh, Garland was actually, like, teams were looking at Garland, and Vancouver yeah. said they'd be willing to trim. But uh, those three guys, essentially, because, again, Luke Shen would fit well on this team. And, hey, yeah. JT Miller's good, and maybe they might want to move yeah, him, too. Stuff. around some stuff. Garland around the net. He's a little squirrely guy. JT Miller's just an overall no, no, offensive. I, I agree. I get why the Leafs would yeah. want these guys. Yeah. No but, doubt about it. And then on the way back, you I think it was uh, Kerfoot, uh, Dermott, uh, Nick Ritchie. Those guys are all for cap purposes because yeah. you can't get a deal done like yeah, that unless you give those guys. Yeah, and then two firsts, uh, Niemla and Rodian Amaroff. Yeah, I think value-wise, so, that trade's probably pretty right on. I know Leafs fans are going to say you're giving too much, but I think JT Miller alone is returning mm-hmm. a first and a high-level prospect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, 100%. So, and Connor Garland it's was essentially good. traded for a first. For, I don't want to say that. It was a weird trade this summer, yeah. but yeah. he's he could probably fetch a first-round yes. pick too. Yeah. So, And then Luke Shen, a mid, mid-round pick. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, 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 maybe the Leafs give a little too much with two prospects, but I don't think so. At the deadline, yeah. you're always giving too much. Yeah, and I was saying this to Jason, like, this goes perfectly into what you were saying about the second line. It's if you had a guy like JT Miller, yeah, he's not good defensively either. But now you have a literally stud no, offensive line. <laughs> you scored a lot, exactly. So that's kind of my vision for that line as well. But. Yeah, that was kind of the idea behind it: is get a good like second line punch, yeah. and then Garland comes in, fills out the depth exactly. on that third line pretty yeah. well. And we've, then, we've seen more than yeah. a few examples of JT Miller just completely whiffing on defense, but then going the other <laughs> way and putting up some highlight real he, goals. He also. Plays a bit of center, takes a lot mm-hmm. of face-offs, so maybe that, I don't know, who knows, you find a fit there. But, there we yeah. go, there we go. But so I, I think I want JT. I think he's probably right. I don't uh, think the Leafs I want JT, JT Miller. Uh, this is from Ethan Spence. said, Richie's five-year plan. Mm. Uh, he should probably request a trade, to be honest. Yeah. Well, obviously. I mean, uh, I would fix his body language a little bit. And, yeah, especially uh, at the Marlies. Like, try to get an new uh new environment look how josh hosang is trying to return to the nhl not saying that you're out of the nhl but he is and he's grinding so he's grinding there's a lot of examples we've seen of that uh this was a great one maxwell hunt nine said does ben Sherratt make the team better 
He's a menace when it comes to getting pims. Is that a good thing to getting pims? Well, our penalty kill is so good, and we we're, we're getting so many chances on it. So maybe bench I don't take know. a bunch of penalties. <laughs> should we should we have this bench rot combo right now? I, th- I sure, think it's might topical. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm in. Go what ahead. do you think of Ben Sherratt? Well, okay, it's a complicated question because do I think Ben Sherratt is a serviceable top four NHL defenseman? I actually do. I think in a second pairing defensive minded role, I think he's good. Is he that much better than Justin Hall? At some things, yes. At some things, no. So. If you're having to pay a first-round pick and a prospect oh. to upgrade from Justin Hall to Ben Sherratt, in my opinion, that is not marginally that. Sorry, that is not exponentially making your team better. It's might not, it might be even making your team worse in some scenarios. Yeah. The thing with Ben Sherratt is when you do a deep dive into his numbers, because of whatever is going on in Montreal this year, he's playing more of a like they're relying on him more for like exits and being more offensive he's playing the power play which is like clearly (laughs) not his intended role and i think that's kind of making his defensive game suffer but also i look at like his entry denials this year are really bad so that's kind of doesn't make me the happiest even last year in the playoffs i was looking not great like average i would say but the thing about ben sherratt that i would try to play devil's advocate and be positive here is that Jason, you pointed out the Leafs have been leaking oil in front of the net, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. He's a good in front of the net presence in yeah. the NHL. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the simple thing. Like, that's why people are looking at uh, Scott Mayfield, who I, I watched some tape on. Luke Shen, who I've watched some tape on. I haven't gotten to Ben Sherratt yet, but in front of the net in the playoffs, I mean, if they don't, I don't think they're going to make any rule changes. But if you remember last year, there was cross-checking was such want. an yeah. issue that they just refused to call it mm-hmm. up until like Jesperi Kakanyemi literally broke his stick over Morgan Riley. That was the first time they made that call. But I mean, when you get those big boys in front of the net, there's not going to be any rebounds. Jack Campbell versus the shooter, and we all know who wins ninety four percent of that those battles, right? Yeah. So, like, does Ben Sherratt? I mean, if it's a yes or no, does Ben Sherratt make your team better? What would you say? That's I think yes I think yes. he would make he doesn't he doesn't go to a team and make a team worse I mm-hmm. get his numbers are terrible in Montreal and everyone yeah. will show those graphs so were Tyler Toffoli's yeah so was Seth Jones last year his J Fresh graphs were like worst in the league and but this now year he's, it's seventy fifth percent more for just this year when you look at it and why is that when you're playing on a crap team and I mean I mean I don't think the coaching was the best last year for him as I mentioned earlier in the year. All the tools, no toolbox, and he's finally figured it out. Well, he's still not worth the thing about Seth. No, Jones he's is, also not worth. And, and, and that might be dollars. the same conversation for Ben Sherratt, though. As he comes in and he plays different environment, actually competent players. But is he worth a first round pick? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he is at all. But and I think that's the main point. Yeah, so, that's yeah. the point, right? Yeah. It's it. I think he'll he could come in and make the least better, even mm-hmm. if he was on the third pair. I think yeah. he brings a good amount of jam. For a first, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it for a first. Either. So you'd I think play you him third pairing? No, I would play him second pairing if they got him. But I, I, I get... think if you get someone like Ben Sherratt, you get someone like Luke Shen or Scott Mayfield. I don't even think Scott Mayfield's on the market. I think people are just making this up. But I think if you get one of, one of those three guys that I just mentioned, you have to split up Riley and Brody. Oh, yeah, but... I don't know about that. So you're going to play ben, Jake Muzzin with Luke Shen? No, I just could play Justin Hall with Jake Muzzin. And then you put them on the third pair. 
Luke Shannon. So where would you fit one of those three guys? Luke Sh- with Rasmus Sandin. Yeah. Oh, so you'd play them third line then? You'd yeah. Play yeah. Okay. But again, I wouldn't trade Ben Sh- first for Ben Shaw to play him on the third pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the point. I think Ben Shaw would probably end up on the second pair. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't split up Riley Riley. Brody, I think they've been fantastic, right? But I think to get the best results, if you're getting one of those defensive net front defense kind of guys, you're saying do Riley and him and Brody. I like that idea actually. I hate to go back. On I what know. I said five seconds ago. But that's a good. That's idea. what I, I kept like for a long time. I was like, where would you even fit these guys? But I was jamming a circle peg in the square hole and just jamming, jamming, and then I went, hey. Hold on a second. But you can't, you can't play Which Luke. sucks you because can't play they've Luke been Sh- so good together. You can't play Luke Shen with Morgan Riley, though. I'm sorry. No? No. You, you can't. No. Okay. It's, it's too, but maybe Ben Sherrod and Morgan Riley make sense. Maybe. Maybe Josh Manson and Morgan Riley make sense. Do you think offensively Sherrod's better than Shen? Yes. Yes, yes. I, okay. I do. Okay. That makes sense. I haven't, again, I haven't gone through Ben Sherrod yet, but... Uh, Luke Shannon, Scott Mayfield, skill wise, uh, oof. <laughs> no, those guys are third pairing guys, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, Scott Mayfield's numbers are nice because he's been playing with Adam Pellick, and Adam Pellick's one of the ten best defensemen in the NHL. So, what I find interesting about Scott Mayfield's game, like he skill wise, he's terrible. His skating is very sloppy. This guy is so he's six six, and he's so wildly overly aggressive in his own end. No wonder he takes so many penalties because he literally assaults guys in front of the net. Yeah. Like he will and he focuses on one guy and just beats the hell out of him. But them. maybe Leafs fans want that. Some yeah. of them want maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. He just beats the hell out of him. He's but, not very good at entry denials. Like I don't know. In the game I saw he's got a couple shots on net. Connor McDavid did get the better of him that game that I was watching. But there's a I showed you guys a clip. There's a clip of him jamming it cross checking Zach Cassian's head into the crossbar and he didn't even get a penalty. Every yeah. other shift with Scott Mayfield, I feel like a penalty should have been called, and it wasn't. Well, that's what Ben Sherratt's a bit like, too. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm going to throw this back, right? What are you comfortable giving for Ben Sherratt? I don't even know. The thing, the, the thing that makes, I think, this deadline really tricky, like all deadlines are tricky, but like for in the Leafs' shoes right now, like they only have three picks next year, right? So I think you'd have yeah. to give a pr- like I would prefer to give a like, for a guy like Ben Shaw, I'd prefer to give a prospect maybe, or it'd have to be one of next year's picks. Well, pick why up. would you prefer a prospect over the pick? I'm just asking. We, ha- we don't have any. Yeah, but the prospect's closer to yeah. affecting the team that's currently in a window of performing. I'm, I'm just I have this I, I have I the know. Los Angeles Rams in my brain where that's they just traded yeah. all their picks. You're right. And the, and their rookies, they made them play. They said f the picks, and they traded for studs. And Tampa Bay yeah. kind of did that too. Tampa yeah, you're Bay right. You're right. Too. You're right. Maybe, Tampa um, Bay had a bit of a deeper prospect pool. Though. Trade. Yeah, maybe the answer isn't through a trade. It's through an Olympian, Nick Abruzzisi. <laughs> Tell him drop the books, you nerd. <laughs> Come <laughs> to play for the but for the I mean, Leafs. some of those guys may be able to contribute next year. For example, while Abruzzisi looked good, he yeah. did. He looked, he looked really, really good. good. And while. For argument's sake, is your second round pick next year going to be able to contribute? No. No. That's like so would you give that answer. second round pick for Ben Chirac? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Sure. That's I think the max. I, I think I would go. But uh, then we probably don't get him, right? No, yeah. not at all. I, there's a. It's hefty, and there's some competition. I think St. Mm-hmm. Louis is interested. New York is interested. So. And in that scenario, again, back to the original question, which is a great question. So you gave a second round pick. Sherratt playing on the second pair and Hall playing on the third pair. Is is your team better? I think slightly. A little bit. Not that not that much though, I think. Okay. I 
So yeah, I think we have our answer. Yeah. But again, I have to. I have a full game of Ben Sherrod. I have to take a look at it. I didn't get a chance to look at it. That and Josh Manson as well. Uh, I didn't get a chance to look at those two yet. But So next week I will have some more detail. So here's my of those players. I think Manson is better than Sherrod. Yeah, 100%. I think I'm still holding out hope for the Seattle guy. Mark Giordano. Yeah. Mark Giordano. Yeah, I know. I think we all should be. Um, yeah. So because I I think shockingly enough too, somehow he'll go for less at the deadline than Ben Chirot. I think so too. I I not. I've seen people yeah. say he's not even going to get a first round pick. Yeah. I mean he's older, but like what the hell? I know he's <laughs> an expiring. So is Ben Chirot, right? He's good. Oh, he's very. Good. I, I, yeah. I, I talked about this with you earlier. I think it's going to be like a real buyer's market. I think there's going to be a lot of guys going for like not as much that you that you normally expect for them to go. I think there's going to be a lot more teams willing to sell this year than yeah, some trickle that are willing to buy. Yeah, under but, the radar. Mm-hmm. Value. The only thing is that I wish there like there's not just there just seems to be more forwards available than D. yeah. But so rank so rank them. So we have Josh Manson, Josh Manson, Luke Shen, Ben Sherratt. I'm not going to include Scott Mayfield because he's actually never okay. been mentioned in it, trade talks. I just don't. Someone wanted. Okay, him. in order: Josh Manson, Ben Trout, Luke Shen. That's how. And then there. where would but Jordan Luke, fit in? But Luke Shen, you probably don't have to give more than a yeah. third round mm-hmm. pick. For Does him. Luke Shen make your team better? I think Luke Shen on your third pair still makes your team better with Justin okay. Hall on the second pair. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Playing with Rasmus Sandin. That's kind of what they've been doing this year with Quinn Hughes. The results have been there for that. Exactly. Experiments. So I mean, I just don't think, I, and I, I hate to say it because I like Timothy Lilgren's future. I'm not that confident with him or Dermot. On third pairing? No. I don't really? think they'll be that confident playing them and either of those players with Rasmus Sandin in a playoff series. Really? I really liked this past week of Timothy Lilgren and Rasmus Sandin. I, I don't think, I think you're right. I think they've been good. But I think, again, I'm just looking at, you got to look through the Sheldon Keith lens, right? Yeah. Does he has he shown to trust Sandine with either of those two playing any sort of significant minutes? No, not at all. So then we're going to get a lot less Rasmus Sandine, is my point. Which I don't think they will. I, they really like his offense and they want to keep him out. Exactly. There. And again, I think that in a perfect Shit. world, sheltered and good <laughs> minutes, I really like. You him. want those guys playing fifteen minutes instead of maybe ten minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. Damn it. I really like Timothy Logren. Want to see him more? So do I. I think anyone who thinks he's going to be in the lineup playoffs game one, I, I don't think that's realistic no. as of now. There's so many little things with his game too that. Uh, but that's not a bad watching. thing for him. I think he's he could still, eventually get there. He's yeah. only 22, right? So. Yeah, it's just we've been talking about him for five years. I know. That's why it seems like so long. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it seems like so long. Okay. So well, yeah, like I said, what do you guys Shane think Luke on that? Shen. No, you 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 summed it up perfectly. I think. Yeah, I see a fit, and I see I see a fit with Luke Shen. Uh, you see the results in uh, Vancouver. You didn't get to see them obviously Saturday because Quinn, Quinn Hughes was out, but the overall results are there to show that Luke Shen defensively has been strong. Mm-hmm. He's a big body. When he hits you, you feel it in front of the net. He clears out all the garbage. Um, he just needs a puck mover with him to help move the puck up the ice mm-hmm. because he cannot do it because he cannot pass the puck. Yeah. I find it's or, a good ar- or skate the puck. It's a good archetype fit with with Sandin. I like yeah. I like the the And again, you don't have to give that it. much for that player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And and he's also 850k for this year and next year. So it's like 
The so only thing about that is then you're really probably not using Timothy Lilligren next year. I would no, I think you would just play Timothy Lilligren next year. He could just be a seventh D. I don't think that's like that big of an issue. He's only like again, eight fifty K is nothing. Right? Then so. you'd have to move Dermot out or something. Maybe. He's gone. Maybe. Yeah, I'll be shocked. Or you could always just trade Luke Shen in the offseason. Exactly. I'd be shocked if, if Dermot was a leaf next season. Next season? At the start of next season. Yeah. What percentage would you put on it? Thirty. Yeah, like 20, 30% 20-30% that yeah. he's a Leaf next season? Yeah. yeah. And that's the year he makes the jump. <laughs> yeah. Also, the other thing about Lilgren is they he's an RFA this year, is he not? Yeah, yeah. Lilgren so, and Sandin. Who knows? Those will be interesting contracts. But. Yeah, I think a bridge view. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. much. But, but I guess I'd rather give a – if I'm giving a first, I'd rather get Manson than Sherrod if Manson is healthy. Yeah. And if Manson wants to come to Canada. Which seems like he doesn't. So it's a mute point. <laughs> yeah, they're going to lift the restrictions, and then we'll we'll convince them somehow. I want Giordano. I think yeah. I, this is my last kind of point here that I want to make is the biggest thing last year is when we traded for Felino. there's a lot of arguments to say why, blah, blah, blah. But not everyone was convinced that Nick Felino is a good hockey player at that point. Yeah. And I'm not saying good as in, like, he's a, he's an NHL. Like, I'm saying, like, Talent wise, talent makes your team better. Yeah, contributing. I want a guy that's for sure a good player where nobody has to debate. Like I don't even care what they give up if they get a guy where everyone in the fan base is like, man, we got a good player. You get Ben Sherratt, no matter what you give up. At the end of the day, I think the majority of the fan base is going to say, I don't know if this is a good player. Yeah, he might be good, but you understand what I'm like. I want. Like, how happy is Calgary to get Tyler Toffoli? Tyler Toffoli is a good player. So yeah, you're saying no talent-wise, yeah. I just want a good player. Because we just listed off three defensemen where it's like, oh, in this situation, in this way, they do this well, they do this well, they don't do this well. Their overall numbers have been this, this, and this. Overall, you just want a hockey player that is good at playing mm-hmm. hockey. Exactly. Where it's not even a debate. Not it's a like debate. this guy exactly, is good. Yeah. It's like Calgary traded for Toffoli. People are saying they gave too much. Everyone in Calgary is like, wow, we just got a top six winger. All day, every day, three years left on his Who deal. Who shot the lights out last year. Yeah. Gave too much. I, I didn't understand that I gave too much. They a don't. low first-round pick, a guy and a second-round, a former second-round pick, and a, an expiring contract. A former second-round pick who's been traded like twice, twice now mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it. For a guy with term, too. It's, I mean, this is not a rental. Like, term oh, at a good number. Yeah. Three years at a good number. That's why... Dave, our resident Sens fan, was like, that's a lot. Like, last year, Toffoli only went for a second or whatever from L.A. to Vancouver, which is a great deal. I don't know why Vancouver let him walk, but that's the big thing. He has three years at, what, four and a half, four, two, five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a sick joke to, for a guy that has scored 25, 30 goals before. Playoff performer as Playoff well. Playoff performer as well. Like... That's a great deal for Calgary. They also kind of they got a good player. I was listening to Overdrive the other day, to, a l- little tangent on this one, but they were they were talking about Dreger was talking about how um, er, initially Calgary wanted Josh Anderson, which was interesting, and they 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 had to settle for Tyler Toffoli, which is, makes me think like, wow, you end up getting the better player, I think, but um, far yeah. better player. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> I wonder what they were asking for for, for Josh less Anderson money. Too. Yeah, it's just. Oh, if I was Montreal, I would, if someone wanted to give me a first for Josh Anderson, like take, take him. Yeah, like that's a in a rebuild. That's just such a no brainer. They mm-hmm. probably won't end up doing it, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, that was a little side. The other guy in Montreal that the Leafs haven't been connected to, but they're saying Jeff Petrie is available. He's had a terrible year, actually, but, but he's a good hockey player. He's been fantastic the last yeah. I don't know five ten years. So if I'd you could make him. that money work, I mean, I'd rather have Jeff Petrie than Ben Chirot. I'd rather have. 
Jeff Petrie than a lot of our defensemen. Exactly. So I'd rather have him than Muzzin right now. He's <laughs> making six two five for the next three years, I believe. Yeah. How old is he though? He's thirty four. Yeah. So well, it would have to be almost that. a full retain for mm-hmm. Montreal for yeah. us to make that work. The, the problem with sense. that is that he's in the first the year of a four-year deal, right? So t- t- teams rarely, other than us, retain on that long of a, of exactly. a deal. Exactly. I'm just saying. It's another yeah. guy that's available. I, yeah. It could other, be than us. Play. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other than us. Other than us. <laughs> other than us. Other than the damn Leafs. But what can you do? Anyways. What, uh, what other you, – you were talking about some trade targets, Jason, earlier today. Which other ones was was yeah. I Pavelski Giroux. Pavelski Giroux. Yeah, no, but that's pie in the sky. Yeah, that's oh, open for hundred percent. I'd love that. Yeah, Thomas Hurdle. Yeah, I don't any know of those guys. Like, because uh, again, with the looking at the Justin Hall stuff, maybe right. the best thing to do on defense is just to not to do, do anything yeah, with our defense, cares. right? And then just I get honestly a, get say, who cares about your defense if you're able to get someone like mm. Joe Pavelski, Thomas Hurdle, Claude Giroux, elite like impact, players. that high level mm. player. I'm not saying go and get Josh Anderson like that. Yeah. No, 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 like I understand that the defense is of concern. However, if you're getting that high level of a forward and you're making your forward group that much better, a hundred percent do it yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah. It's an overall team improvement as a result. Yeah, right. So, so I, th- that's one thing I hope that the Leafs do is they not focus too much on like, okay, we need this like second right hand D guy to to come in and play for us. Like, let's just try and get. Someone, and like you said, a good player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but. it's interesting that we, we mentioned so much about, oh, these, these guys are good in front of the net and everything, mm-hmm. but I feel like Sheldon Keefe sees an issue in terms of moving the puck out, out of our own end yeah. at times. So maybe he's looking at Johnny Kling. I would yeah. love that still. I think yeah. I think you make that work with I think Muzzin. he has game left in him. For yeah, sure. I agree. A lot of game that could really, really help the Leafs. Right? You can't get sucked in too much with these on ice with the on ice impacts. It's good to reference, but you also have to reference what you're seeing when you watch them play. Right? Absolutely. That's Kling, 100% Klingberg it. was elite in the last playoffs we saw. Mm-hmm. They made the cup final. He was the elite, elite. elite. Yeah. And he moves changing. the puck. And again, what's the issue you're trying to solve? Is it in front or is it moving the puck? Like you said, it could be a bit of both. So mm-hmm. get a good player. Where you're sure that at least one of those things will be helped out, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything else you guys had on the docket? We just, th- those are all the questions. Those are some Oh, Edmonton questions. fired their Thank coach you. and now they're f- on fire. Yeah. Good. Good for yeah, them. Hit that team. Evander Kane available at the deadline? Don't want him, but that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> yes, it would. It'd be hilarious. Maybe think, the Max Domi pipe dream will come to fruition, yeah. but. As of now, would you like you'd have to trade Kerfoot out? I don't think that's yeah. a that's a upgrade Kerfoot's right now. Played better than Dope. Exactly. It would have right, to be so. a double retain, but then I don't want to have to pay out the the wazoo for a double retain. Like I would just, say as of now, it's like very yeah. unlikely the Leafs get a forward. No, the only way they get yeah. a forward is if Kerfoot goes out. I think. And then at yeah. this point, like Kerfoot's been playing pretty well, so yeah. would you want to do that? But we'll see how he plays. Mind you, he does have a high PDO. It's come down a bit, but. To start the year, his PDO was a little high. I still think I'm not, I'm not knocking Kerfoot, but um, again, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Kerfoot's play would like if we could again, like like I've said a thousand times in the past five ten minutes, if we can get a better player, let's do it. That's, that's a forward. Same PDO as Tavares and Nylander. Yeah, fair. Ooh, makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you guys had any other stuff on the docket there? 
Any, was, it, was that all the questions? Was there anything else? Yeah, those, yeah. those were all the questions that we had. Questions. It was the very good questions, very topical, very, yeah. Quickly, the Leafs claimed Adam Brook and then sent him down a waiver. So we'll see what happens tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Yeah, hopefully Friday Vegas claims him again, and then he has to go back to Vegas, and then they has, and then the, the Leafs. Endless cycle. <laughs> Vegas has an injury. Cycle, they have to yeah. call him up. <laughs> but The endless cycle continues. That'd be hilarious. Imagine yeah. the air miles he'd get on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The reward points, he would never have to pay for a vacation for the rest of his life. Just going to Toronto to Vegas. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'd love to see him back with the Marlies. Back in the Leafs organization, mm-hmm. I really like Adam Brooks. Yeah, uh, He'll really help out the Marlies. Hopefully they can go on a Calder Cup run, help the rookies down there. Right? Would be nice. Yep. Uh, Josh Ho saying done at the, all the Leafs prospects done at the Olympics. I really got to say Matthew Nyes, Nick Abruzzese from the bits that I watched. Like, Abruzzese was very, very, very good. Matthew Nyes was good as well. Uh, Josh Hosang essentially did what Josh Hosang does, skates the puck very well. Uh, So those are my closing notes on that. Women's Canada. Oh, my God. I don't know how we went this long without talking about it. The uh, Canadian women defeated USA 3-2. Always love when that happens. Another gold medal within, what, six months of each other? From the soccer, you're saying Canadian so- soccer. Canadian soccer, I didn't know what, I'm getting too hockey. excited. Better than yeah. the States in both. Very exciting. Very excited with that. That was awesome. Uh, on the, f- I was on a flight recently. I got to sit beside Laura Stacy, number seven, and her parents. They were on their way to Miami to watch her play in uh, those games. I, really, I believe it was the quarters and semis that they were going down and the finals that they were going down there to watch because they obviously couldn't go to China. So very happy for them very happy for the stacy family that was awesome to see her now be a olympic gold medalist olympic silver medalist and world championship uh winner impressive that's a that's a great team they had they had oh yeah canada usa rivalry holy this is very good hockey i think canada's a lot better though oh yeah (laughs) they did park the bus a bit in that game which made me a little worried but uh someone mentioned on twitter i totally agree the states played that game like kind of the way the Leafs played Game Seven against Montreal is where they like went down early-ish and they just kept dumping the puck in and trying to recover it. And it's like you had way too much skill on that American team to mm-hmm. dump the puck in as much as they did. That's true. The goalie gave up a stinker. Oh, an absolute stinker! It was off a great play from Marie Philippe Poulin, but uh, it was kind of a stinker of a shot. I really got to say. <laughs> um, ca- I mean, Captain Clutch. What That's else crazy. can you say? The number. I mean. Compare her numbers to all of our big four in uh, in do or die games. Like, come on! <laughs> like, like, you don't gotta throw them on the bus like that. Damn team. <laughs> but we were talking a bit before the podcast. You know, I think a lot of people would agree. A lot of these women de- deserve a lot bigger of a stage in their normal club teams and yeah. non-Olympic play. And you know, ha- I hope that they can consolidate all of the best players into one league and mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. Give it a real shot, get a good TV deal. I think it would get, I think it would get a lot of traction. So yeah, I agree. I agree because the, those two Canada USA games were very entertaining to watch. I bet the over on every single Canada game that it made it so much more entertaining to watch because they were like 11 one, but uh, you know, after the Super Bowl, an 11 PM game, Canada, Switzerland, I had, I had the over. That was a lot of fun watching that game, right? Especially with betting being legalized April 4th. Mm, exciting. Mm, a little juice to the game. A little sprinkle a little something-something on it. You know, 
gets the juices flowing that much more, gets you that much more perked up. But uh, congratulations to the Canadian women's hockey team. That was an awesome Fantastic. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Still best in the world. Suck at USA. <laughs> right. Anything else? That's all. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs go. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.